Welcome back, everybody, for what is part two of a message series that we started last week. And we're talking in this series about experiencing the goodness of God. The premise of it being that our God is a good God and that He's good all the time. Now, I know that there's going to be challenges and there's going to be circumstances that you and I are going to face. It's like, you know, I'm going through this, I'm walking through this in my life, in my family, in my career, in my finances, in my health. Is God really a good God all the time? And we believe that the Scriptures substantiate the fact that God is a good, good God. And we launched this last week. By the way, if you're just joining us today and you missed part one of this series, I hope you'll be able to go back and watch that. It was sort of the intro to what we're going to be talking about. And in that message last week, I mentioned to you that in this series today and for the next four Sundays, we're going to be looking at the most famous chapter in all of the Bible. And some of you, if you were with us last week, you know that it is Psalm 23. Some of you had already know that anyhow. And we're going to look at that, a phrase of that each week, today and again for the next four weeks. But I want to begin with a verse that is not out of Psalm 23, but it is a verse that we started out, uh, started out with last week, and it really lays the groundwork for what we're talking about in this series. I'd love it if you would read it with me right there where you're at. Would you join me? We'll read it twice together. Let's do this. You are good, this is talking about God, you are good and do only good. Let's read it one more time. You are good and do only good. And this is a picture of what we're talking about in this series, the goodness of God, experiencing the goodness of God. And uh, again, I'm just glad that you're with us. We're going to start right now by looking at Psalm 23. I'm going to take a segment of it each week. Now, in this chapter, there are four incredible words that launch us into this most famous chapter. And, and it's, I'm, I don't have it on the screen, but I want you to just listen to how the chapter begins. You ready? A lot of you know this already, but let me just read it to you. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. This one phrase alone is a beautiful, beautiful picture of the goodness of God. The Lord is my shepherd. I've got a great shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He is a good God. And furthermore, it's not only a picture of the goodness of God, it shows to us also the antidote for stress and worry, which is always trying to sneak its way into our life. Don't you feel that a lot of times? Like things are clicking along pretty well, and then you just feel some encroaching stress, or you can feel yourself becoming more worrisome. And then sometimes, isn't it true we're like this? Things are going along pretty well in our life. In fact, they may be going so well that we think we get worried over what could happen and what could happen that would mess up all the good that is going on in my life right now. So fear and stress and worry is always trying to work its way into our life. But Psalm 23 helps us to understand the Lord is my shepherd. And knowing that, again, God wants us to understand not only is he a good God, but because he's our shepherd, that becomes the antidote to stress and worry. Now, in just a moment, I'm going to show you why God tells us not to worry. And we're going to look at this, in fact, with the time that we have with some depth on why God tells us not to worry. But before I do that, I want to read our verse for today. Still, Psalm 23 is the phrase that we're taking today. And again, I want you to... uh, Read this with me. Would you read it with me? I know you just read a verse a moment ago, but let's read this. I just shared this top phrase with you. The Lord is my shepherd. 
the Lord is my shepherd, and because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. So let's read it together. You with me? Help me out. The Lord is my shepherd, and focus intently on this phrase, I have everything I need. Say it with me. I have everything I need. I have everything. The Lord is my shepherd, and because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. Now, I want to quickly mention to you three truths, and then we're going to get into why God does not want us to worry. Uh, And this alone, I think these three things help us to realize uh, the Lord is our shepherd, and what are the benefits of that? Now, number one, uh, God himself, when we read that, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Number one, this reminds us that God himself is the source of everything that we need. Let me say that again, because God is our shepherd. You just read it with me. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore I have everything I need. Because God is our shepherd, that's what he wants us to understand. That, you know, everything that you and I need, And the reality is you and I are going to put our hope in something. What are you putting your hope most in? Maybe you say, here's what I'm doing. I'm going to put my hope in my job. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my hope in my career. I'm going to put my hope in my business. I'm going to put my hope in my net worth. I'm going to put my hope in my family, my friends. Where are you putting your hope? And here's what God wants you and I to be clear about. You need to be certain. I need to be certain that we are putting our hope in something, in this case, someone that can never change, somebody that can never be taken from us. See, as much as you may love your job, There's no guarantees you're going to have that job forever. As much as you love your career, as much as you're passionate about doing what you do, there's no guarantee that you and I are going to be able to do that forever. But here is something, it's really someone that can never be taken from us, and that is God. And God himself is the source of everything that we need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. Now, we don't have time to get into it uh, today, but if you know anything about sheep, which you probably know a lot more about sheep than I do because I know very little, but the little that I know about sheep, the reason why sheep, and it's why it's a great analogy in the Bible, is, is sheep are dependent upon a shepherd. They just simply are. By nature of what sheep are, they're dependent on someone, in this case a shepherd, to take care of them. See, uh, a sheep moves very slowly. They're not quick. They can't take off in blazing speed. Uh, A sheep, for the most part, is defenseless. And, you know, it's not like they have these great claws or these teeth that become a a threat to, um, you know, something that is trying to attack them. And sheep are not only slow and defenseless, they're easily frightened. And sheep, one of the things, the picture of the Bible that God wants us to understand is that sheep certainly need a shepherd just the way that you and I need an indescribably good God. So here's another thought out of what we just read. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Secondly, I want you to make a note concerning this. God is able to supply all of our needs. All of our needs, not some. It's not like God says, well, you know, here are the needs. I know you've got a lot of needs, and I'm not going to meet all your needs. I'm just going to meet a few of your needs, so you better choose which ones you want me to meet. That is not how God operates. God wants us to know that he is able to supply all of our needs. And some of you may be thinking, but Jeff, how can you be confident of that? I can be confident of it because it's found in the Bible. And I want you to see this with me right here. This is Philippians 4.19, and this same God, This is Paul, this great church leader, and the same God who takes care of me 
And Paul could say that again and again in my life. And the same God who takes care of me will supply, look at this phrase, all your needs, all your needs from His glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. This would not be a reality. All of our needs, it would be totally impossible for all of our needs to be met unless God is good. And aren't you glad that you and I do not receive good from God on the basis of how good we are? We receive a lot better from God. I know this is true in my life, and it's probably true in your life, that you and I receive from God a lot of good that we just know. We in no way, no shape, no form, no how do we deserve it. Now, let me give you a third thing here, because, and this is going to launch us into what we're going to talk about in a little more detail. Thirdly, because God is our shepherd, because God is our shepherd, not only because of that will he meet all of our needs. Here's another thing we need to realize. Because God is our shepherd, he does not want us to worry about anything. And you're like, Jeff, did you say anything? That's right. God does not want us to worry about anything. And you're like, oh man, that sounds like a tall order. Not sure I can do that. And again, where do we get this from? Let's go back to the same letter that Paul wrote. This is verse 6 in Philippians 4. He said, look at this phrase, don't worry about anything. That's not my words. That's the word of God. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. So don't worry about anything at all. Tell God what you need and thank God for what He's already done. Now here is what I want you to think about as we get ready to go in to talking about why God does not want us to worry. But I want to mention this on the front edge of that. See, you and I have a choice. We really do. What you and I can do, according to what we just read, is we can pray or we can panic. We can pray, and some of you are saying, well, you know, Jeff, I'm a whole lot better at the panic part, the panicking part, than I am the prayer part. And that's an option that you and I have. We can pray about something, or we can panic about something. We can trust, we can trust in a good God, or we can tremble that our fear just causes our anxiety, our worry just causes, like our bodies, our emotion to almost tremble. So you and I have a choice in that regard. Now, God does not want you to worry, and this is what flows out of what we're talking about. Psalm 23, in this case, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, and because he's a good God, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. And because God gives me everything that I need, the net result of that is I should not worry. And I'm going to give you five reasons why in just a moment. Before I do that, I want to share with you a story that I ran across some time ago. Uh, perhaps you'll enjoy it and will chuckle as much as I did when I read it. story goes like this. While fishing off of the Florida coast, which is where we live, a tourist capsized his boat. He could swim, he could, he was a good swimmer, but his fear of alligators kept him clinging to the overturned boat. Spotting an old beachcomber standing on the shore, the tourist yelled out to him, are there any gators around here, any alligators around here? No, the man hollered back, there's been no gators around here for years. Now feeling safe, the tourist started swimming leisurely toward the shore, and about halfway there, he asked the beachcomber, the old beachcomber, he asked him another question. How did you get rid of the gators? And the beachcomber replies, we didn't do anything. The sharks ate them. 
And so maybe what you're thinking, well, you know, if I don't have alligators to worry about over here, I'm worried about the sharks. I'm just worried all the time. If I'm not worried about my bills, I'm worried about my job. If I'm not worried about my, my job, I'm worried about my health. If I'm not worried about my health, I'm worried about my kids. If I'm not worried, and on and on it goes. If we're not worried about the alligators, we're worried about the sharks. Now, here's what I want to share with you. Five reasons why you should not worry. Five reasons. I want you to get them down. All five of them. I want you to get them down. It's not going to take us long, but I don't want you to miss this. So get your tablet ready, your phone, your notepad. Five reasons why God does not want us to worry. And this flows right out of Jesus's Sermon on the Mount that is found in Matthew chapter six. Are you ready? I'm ready to share it. Are you ready? Five reasons why God does not want you to worry. Five reasons why God does not want me to worry straight out of Matthew chapter 6. Number one, be sure you get it. Are you ready? Worry is unreasonable. Worry is unreasonable. In other words, worry is irrational from God's perspective. Worry is irrational. It doesn't make sense if God is truly a good God. If God is as good as his word says he is, remember what we looked at to start? That he is good and everything that he does is good. He's good and he's always good. And if God is as good as his word says that he is, then worry is unreasonable. Again, this is out of Matthew 6. I want you to look at this first verse out of Matthew 6. Do not worry about your life. This is what Jesus is saying. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes. See, one of the reasons, and I want you to really get this, one of the reasons why worry is so unreasonable is because it changes nothing. It doesn't change a thing. I mean, have you ever had a time in your life where you just said, you know what, because I worried, there were so many benefits of that. It changed everything. It made everything so much better and so much brighter. That's never happened to me, and I doubt seriously it's ever happened to you. Worry doesn't change anything. If you worry about something, is that going to change the outcome? Absolutely not. Well, maybe you think, well, if I worry about something, then it helps me to control it. Really? How's that working for you? Well, I'm just going to worry. I'm going to worry about it. And if I worry about it, somehow I'm going to be able to control it. That's, that doesn't work. It never works. In fact, worry often causes us to feel that things in our life are out of control. If we're worried about something, we're not corralling it and controlling it. No, worry, fear, anxiety, it causes us to feel like our life is out of control. We panic or we have anxiety, or we become like emotionally paralyzed by our fear. Now, here's another reason why worry is unreasonable. That's why we're talking. One of the reasons why, the first reason, worry is unreasonable. That's why good God doesn't want us to worry. And here's another reason why it's unreasonable. Because the longer that we focus on the source of our fear, the bigger that it gets. Let me say it again. And that's why worry is unreasonable. The longer that we focus on the source of our fear, the bigger that our fear is going to become. Now, I was thinking about it while I was working on this message. And still to this day, I cannot tell you why my parents bought me what I'm about to mention to you. But when I was young, like less than 10 years of age, my, uh, my parents bought me 
I, I don't know why. I still don't know why. And they're not alive anymore, or I would ask them. I've not thought about it in a long, long time. But of all things, they bought me a microscope. A microscope. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, Jeff, I know why they bought you a microscope. Because you were just setting all kind of records in your science class. And therefore, they knew that a great science student like, like you needed a microscope. Well, I wish that that were true, but that was not, I, I don't know. But, you know, I'm initially, I'm like, well, I didn't want a microscope. I'm into sports. And, but you know what? I was fascinated by it. And, I, uh, you know, I take like a little fly that was dead that I would find, and I'd look under it, uh, under the microscope, and just be able to see parts of a fly I'd never seen before. Uh, you could take, like, so many different things. You could take a hair, and you could look at it. And it was a pretty powerful uh, power, uh, a microscope for, you know, at least for a, for a kid. And so I'd look at everything I could. If, you know, if it was intriguing to me, it goes under the microscope. I could see it better. I wanted to see some blood. Didn't have any blood to be able to look. So, you know, I, I extracted some from my friend's nose. Not, not really. I, I mean, I, I thought about it, but that, that wouldn't be good. Like, here, could you bleed on this slide a little bit so I could take it? And no, that didn't happen. But all these other things. Now, it was fun you know, as a kid, to be able to take things and focus on them, and like a fly, for example, as I mentioned, you put that little bitty fly under that microscope and you look up, he just becomes magnified. Now, that was fun. But I'll tell you what is not fun. What is not fun is when the source of your fear becomes magnified. And the longer that you focus on what it is that is causing you to be afraid, the longer that it is that you focus on what is causing you to worry, the bigger that it becomes. I want to just say this to you. God, a good God, and that's what we're talking about in this series, and we're trying to, with God's help, experience the goodness of God. A good God does not want you or me to focus on the source of our fear. Instead, a good God wants us to focus on the source of our faith. And that is God. God is the source of our faith. That is why we believe. That is why you and I do not, should not have to worry. So first of all, worry is unreasonable. Secondly, I want you to be sure you get this now, worry, and this is out of Matthew 6, worry is unnatural. Worry is unnatural. Be sure you get that down. And you're saying, okay, help me out here, and I'll, I'll help you out with this. Think of it this way. Nature does not worry. It simply does not. Uh, God created a lot of things, but you never look around and say, hey, nature's just always like worried and anxiety riddled. Have you, you know, to, you know, to just give you some clarity on this, I'll just ask you a question. Have you ever seen a worried cow? Have you? Oh, no. You've never seen a worried cow. What about a worried chicken? Have you ever seen a worried chicken? No, you've never seen a worried chicken. How about this? Have you ever seen a worried ant? You say, yeah, well, that I have, my Aunt Matilda. No, I'm not talking about your Aunt Matilda. I'm talking about an ant. Have you ever seen a worried ant? Of course you haven't. Have you ever seen a worried cat? Now, I've not been around cats a whole lot because I'm allergic of cats, but I can tell you in the limited time that I've been around cats, I've never been able to, to sense that a cat was really worried about something. Well, nature 
does not worry. Isn't it ironic that the best of all of God's creation, and this is not my thought, this is God's thought, that the best of all God's creation, which is human beings, are the only ones that worry. Nature does not worry. It's amazing that the one part of God's creation that worries is you and me. Now, look at Matthew chapter 6 and verse 26. Look, Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. By the way, have you ever seen a worried bird? Of course you haven't, nor have I. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And then look at this phrase. Are you not much more valuable than they? It's like Jesus saying, just prove that, uh, you know, nature doesn't worry. You ever seen a worried bird? No. I never have, never will. Have you ever seen, uh, you know, he's got to give a little lesson in botany, and so he's like, uh, I'll just uh, describe for you flowers. Look, and maybe it's a visual. Maybe Jesus at this point, which uh, he is, according to what we read, Jesus was teaching outside. He probably pointed to lilies that were growing in the valley there, and he says, you know, think of the lilies of the field. Can I just ask you a question? When is the last time that you have closely looked at the intricate details of a flower. Uh, maybe, you know, one of your favorite flowers, you just looked at it, and, and the beauty and the complexity of it, and how that God takes care of that. In fact, look at these next two verses in Matthew uh, 6. And why worry about your clothing, Jesus said. He said, look, and again, it's probably a visual he points to, probably right then and there while he's teach, teaching. Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work. They're not worried. They don't make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. So God doesn't want you and I to worry. Do you realize that you were not born to worry? And some of you want to say, oh, yes, I was. I was born to worry. Pastor Jeff, you may not know this about me, but I was a born worrier. No, you were not. Babies do not worry. They just don't. You know what babies do? You know what babies do. They cry, they eat, they poop, they smile and sleep. And that's what babies do. And generally in that order, cry, eat, poop, smile and sleep. Babies do not worry. You know, when, when we worry, we don't, we're not born as worriers. We generally learn that over time. In fact, some of you have become experts at that. Maybe you've learned from somebody how to worry. I know growing up, I had a couple of family members that will remain unnamed, that they just worried a lot. And worry, if we're not careful, becomes contagious. But it's unnatural. And your Heavenly Father does not want you to worry. So worry, first of all, is unreasonable. Secondly, worry is unnatural. I want you to get this. Thirdly now, be sure you get it down. Worry is unhelpful. It's unhelpful. What does Jesus mean by this? Let's go back to Matthew chapter 6. I told you a lot of verses here. Look at this one. Can any of you add a single, what's this word here? It's highlighted word. Can any of you add a single hour to your life by worrying? And we know what the answer to that is. Absolutely not. We can't add any time to our life by worrying. I mean, have you ever gone to the doctor? And some of you are like, I, I try not to go to the doctor. But have you ever gone to a doctor and a doctor said, hey, you know, if you want to extend your life, if you want to add years to your, to your life, then here's what I want you to do. I'm going to write you out a prescription, and I want you to do some big-time worrying. Take this prescription and just worry like crazy. It's going to add time to your life. That's never going to happen. 
Now, a doctor may say, I want you to eat a little more carefully. I want you to get exercise. I want you to do this. They may lay out a little bit of a prescription or a regimen of what we need to do. But no doctor in their right mind is going to say, you want to add time to your life? Then here's what you do. You worry. Jesus said, you can't add a single hour. Say, well, I'm going to worry it's going to add a decade to my life. No, it won't. Well, it's going to add a year to my life. If I really worry and try to control things and harness things in, that's, that's you know, if I can just sort of, you know, make sure that I'm in control of what I'm worried about, then that's going to add a year to my life. It, it will not. It will not add a month. It will not add a week. It will not add a day. Jesus said worrying will not add even a single hour to our life. That is why worrying. Worry is unhelpful. In fact, the word worry comes from a, an old German word, virgin, which means to strangle or to, or to, or to constrict or to choke. And, and that's a pretty good description of what you feel like when you worry. You just feel like you're, you're being choked by your worries and fear. See, worry is unhelpful because it will not change anything except us. And you're like, what do you mean by that? Worry will not change anything but us. You know what worry will do? This is what it will change. It won't change our circumstances. It will change us because it will steal away our joy and make us miserable. See, if you just say, well, I'm just a worrier. I was born a worrier. I'm just going to worry about things. It's not going to change anything. The only thing worry is going to change is you. It's going to rob you of the joy that a good God wants you to have, and it's going to make you absolutely miserable. Check out uh, this verse from the saying of the Proverbs. Wise writer, Proverbs 12, 25, worry weighs us down. You ever felt like that? You're like, man, that's where I'm at right now. It's pretty descriptive of my life right now, Pastor Jeff. Worry is just weighing me down. It's like a heavy weight that I can't carry around. So worry, number one, is unreasonable. Secondly, it is unnatural. Thirdly, worry is unhelpful. Fourthly, worry is unnecessary. It's unnecessary. My, my poor mom, and I mention her from time to time, as you well know in these messages. My mom was a professional worrier. She worried about so many things. She worried all the time. She worried, she was afraid of snakes, I know that, because when I was about eight years old, I chased her around several houses in our neighborhood with one. Not a good idea, it got me in a lot of trouble. So I know that she was afraid of, of snakes, worried about snakes. She worried about flying. Uh, she didn't like to fly in airplanes. But the problem was, she also wasn't real crazy about being cooped up in a car. So if you can't fly and you can't drive, it sort of limits where you're going to go. And mom just always seemed to worry, worried about us. And then once she had grandkids, she worried about grandkids. And her being up in Atlanta and us being here in Florida and her son, Drew, loving to serve, or used to anyhow, not as much anymore. And she would always get concerned because she would hear about these uh, hurricanes and tropical storms off the coast of our state. And she'd get real worried. And she knew because we had mentioned to her that sometimes Drew, you know, would go out, not when it was like crazy, but he'd go out because the waves were bigger. And she'd call any time she heard that in Florida there was a tropical storm or a tropical depression or a hurricane off the coast, she would always call, where's Drew? And just to have a little fun with her, I'd, I'd tell her accurately that he was not. But any time she was just expressing her worry-wart tendencies, I'd say, Drew, oh, he's just off surfing off the coast. Jeff, don't you tell me that. She'd say, don't you tell me that. You know how I worry to death. And mom was a worrier. 
But worry is not good. It wasn't good for mom. It's not good for you. It's not good for me. And it's unnecessary. And let me tell you why it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary for this reason. It's unnecessary because Jesus has promised to take care of you. Jesus is your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. The Lord is my shepherd, and a good shepherd always takes care of their sheep. I want you to go back with me to Matthew 6, and I want you to look at this. God gives such beauty to everything that grows in the fields. He's still talking about these flowers. Even though it is here today and thrown into a fire tomorrow, talking about these lilies of the field. Look at this next part. He will surely do even more for you. God gives such beauty to everything. God is watching over everything And God, I love that phrase, he will surely do even more for you. Do you know this about worry? That it is actually, worry is this, it is actually assuming a responsibility that God never intended for you to have. Let me say that again. Worry is assuming a responsibility that God never intended for you to have. It's like saying, God, I'm not going to trust in your power. I'm not going to trust in your promises. I'm just going to worry. Worry is is unnecessary, according to Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount. So worry is unreasonable, it is unnatural, it is unhelpful. Number four, it is unnecessary. And last of all, and I'll be brief here, worry is unbelief. Worry is unbelief. Some time ago, I ran across this statement. I'll read it with you. I was reading a book, can't even remember the book, but I wrote it down. And this is what it said. When you're worrying, you're acting like an atheist, like there is no God. When you're worrying, you're acting like an atheist, like there is no God. Matthew 6, I'll take you back there. Matthew 6, 32. Look at what Jesus said. Only people who don't know God are always worrying. Only people who don't know God, but you know what you and I have discovered? Even people that know God sometimes worry. Only people who don't know God are always worrying about such things. Your Father in heaven knows that you need all of these See, God doesn't want us to worry. And when we're worrying, we're acting as though we don't even know God, that God doesn't even exist. We become like a practical atheist. You have a heavenly Father that knows you and loves you, and He knows your needs. And if you've not already done so, I'm going to ask you right here, right now, to invite Jesus to become your shepherd. Jesus does not want you or I to worry. Worry is unreasonable. It's unnatural. It's unhelpful. It's unnecessary. And worry is unbelief. Now, I want to give you three things, three takeaways from what we've been sharing. And I'll just hit them real quickly, but I want you to get them down. Will you do it? Because I think it will help you. Number one, this is sort of the takeaway, the homework, if you will. This, I think, will help you because Jesus doesn't want us to worry. That's obvious. That's obvious. But here's something that you and I can do. Number one, every day ask Jesus to be your shepherd. Every day, just say that. 
Jesus, I, I want you to be my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And, and you may say that 10 times a day, 20 times a day. You're walking into a tough situation. You're walking into a meeting. You're walking into a workplace. You've got to have a difficult conversation. You, you, you're going to find out about, you know, a doctor's report, whatever. And, and you just remind yourself. And you ask every day for Jesus to be your shepherd. Every day, when you wake up first thing in the morning, the Lord is my shepherd. Begin your day. I think it would be incredibly helpful to just say, I'm going to invite Jesus to be the shepherd of my life today. The Lord is my shepherd. Secondly, give all your worries to God. That's what the Bible says. Give all your worries and cares to God. You and I can make a list, and sometimes we can make a list, and we ought to make a list of our blessings. This is how God has blessed my life, and we write it, we write it, we write it. This is how God has blessed me. This is how, what God has done in my life. And we make a list of our blessings, and that's a good thing to do. And be reminded of the faithfulness and the goodness of God. But it may not be a bad idea to write down a list of everything you're worried about. I'm worried about this. This is what I'm worried about right now. This is what I'm going through. This is, and then you take that list and you just hand it over to God. And symbolically, maybe you, maybe you just throw it away and you just say, God, here it is. I've been carrying around this worry and I'm giving over to you all of my worries. I'm giving all of my concerns to you. And then lastly, trust a good God one day at a time. See, you don't want to ruin today by your worries about something that happened yesterday or by your worries about something that's going to happen tomorrow. God wants you to enjoy today. Remember out of the Old Testament, give us today our daily bread. Not what we need next week, next month, next year, but God, give us what we need today, and God will do that. So trust a good God to be with you one day at a time. And God will do that. He doesn't want you to worry. God has everything under control. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. And as we talked about last week, we know that we can taste and see that you are good. You don't want us to worry. There's no reason for our lives to be plagued by worry. You don't want us to live with perpetual anxiety, God. You want us to know that you are shepherd. You want us to know that, that worry doesn't have to be a, something that clings to our life all the time. God, we're going to trust in you. We're going to ask that every single day that you would be our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He's going to be with me throughout this day, wherever I go, whatever I do, the Lord is my shepherd. And I'm going to take everything that worries me and I'm going to give it over to God. I'm done with it. And I'm going to trust God today. And when I get to tomorrow, I'm going to trust God then. And the day after that, and the day after that. Because you are a good God. You're good, and everything you do is good. And you're good all the time. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I love you. I look forward to seeing you next week.